Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So friends, I invite you to listen as we continue to hear the word of our God coming to us through Scripture. This is the Gospel of Luke. It's the second chapter, the 8th through the 20th verses. Listen for the word of God for us this night. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born on this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. There can be no night of the year that is more enjoyable to be a parent than this night. So much of this night is about the children, 
They're giddy with excitement. They can't go to sleep. Mama, I just can't go to sleep. They're leaving cookies out for Santa. They're peeking out the bedroom window. They're listening for reindeer hoof on the roof. It's a magical night. It's kind of a magical night for Mary and Joseph, too. They were filled with joy, no doubt. A baby does that. But they were also exhausted for sure and confused. First of all, no parent wants to come face to face with the reality that the world has no room for your child. It's lonely. And this loneliness turned strange for as before the morning came, the shepherds arrived. A few hours after our son Nathan was born, the nurse came in and said, um, there, there's a visitor here who said he'd like to say hello. It was our friend Ernie Bustles. He had just stopped in. He said, I just came by to tell you, boys will test you. He, he would know it was a nice thing to share our joy with a friend. But imagine a knock on the stable door and shepherds that you do not know, shepherds you have never met, they come in, sorry to interrupt, but we had to come. Uh, the angels told us all about your son. Can we sing him a song that we just learned? This night that started lonely and turned unexpected is now strangely bizarre as the next visitors arrive. Uh, sorry to interrupt, we, we're from out of town, way out of town, and in our culture, when a king is born, as your son is, in our culture, it's appropriate to give gifts. So we have brought gold and frankincense and myrrh that we'd like to give to your child. Melchior suggested on our way in, maybe we should have thrown in a baseball glove or a wagon. We weren't thinking. And from the looks of things, a cradle would have been a nice addition. But we have these. In the midst of all this chaos, there's one thing we should not miss. In the midst of the star and the straw and the shepherds and the song, Mary and Joseph, they are parents now. And they are learning the things that parents learn. And one of the first things that you learn, even if you have memorized what to expect when you are expecting or what to expect in the first year, one of the first things you learn is when that child offers her first cry. There is a sense of inadequacy that rolls over you as you realize you now have a responsibility to do a job you have no idea how to do. It's your responsibility now to raise a human. And the questions never stop. How long can the formula stay in the microwave to heat up? Can you even do that in the microwave? And what do you do when the fever returns at 2 in the morning? And He's pulling at his ear. Do you think he needs those tube things in his ears? And how big do they have to be before they come out of the car seat? And later, how do I know he's keeping up with his math assignments? I don't do long division. Or what, what do you say when that careless kid in the 10th grade breaks her heart? 
Or what do you say when you get that call in the middle of the night from college? She's on the verge of tears. You know she is. I need to change my major from Pacific Island studies to, but I don't know what. I don't know what I want to do with my life. The baby will change you. He not only gives you a job to do that you don't know how to do, but when she takes that first breath, there's a part of your heart that you didn't even know existed that comes to life. And it's that part of your heart that changes how you encounter the whole world. A few Sundays ago, I shared with you some of the sayings of my grandmother. I told you uh, how when I was a kid I would talk to her about how mean my teachers were or the latest girl to break my heart. She would say to me, I'd give you my heart for the hurting times. If you don't remember that part of the sermon, you, you'll remember the stunning song that Becky and Nathan Bliss composed putting a few of my grandmother's words to music. I knew she said that because she was kind. She loved me. But I got to tell you, it seemed like a pretty silly thing to say. Years later, though, our daughter Sarah was born, and when she was first born, she didn't breathe. In the first minute of her life, eight or ten hospital staff came rushing into our room. They were working feverishly with my daughter, who was turning as blue as Whit Merrifield's batting helmet. Cindy, the nurse who had been with us for the day, she was talking to her. Come on, little one, breathe. You can do it. Breathe. I know you can do it. Just breathe. As non-essential personnel, I was pushed out of the way where the only thing I could do was pray. And I did. I prayed, God, make her breathe. Make her breathe. I haven't even said her name out loud yet. Give her my breath. Make her breathe. Well, he did, and she did, and she was fine. <laughs> but I, for the first time in my life, really understood what my grandmother meant because I knew from that moment on, if I could, I would give that little one my heart for the hurting times. Having a child changes you because there's a part of your heart that you didn't even know you had that that comes to life and and it's that part of your heart that changes how you encounter the whole world. And I wonder if this night, that this night that God chose to come to us as a baby, to come to you as a baby, that this baby might bring to life a part of our hearts we didn't even know we had, and that that new part of our hearts might shape how we encounter the whole world. This Bethlehem baby reminds us that the only thing that matters in our life is love. There's nothing else. Your life is defined by who you love and how you love them and who loves you. Your life is defined by love. At the end of the day and at the end of your days, the only thing that will matter is love. That's our only job. Walter Wangren is a pastor and a writer. He tells the story of 
uh, a moment in his first church. He, he said the organist there, as he describes her, said he had, she had been on the organ bench longer than he had been alive. But while he was there, she grew ill and was dying. He said he went to visit her, but he didn't know what to say. So he said everything. He said he ent entered her room chattering, and he covered his own anxiety with noise. He talked about tulips and soft grass and the songs birds were singing and the hymns they sang in worship and imagined the day that she would return all healthy and play those hymns for them again to sing. He said as he chattered, she turned a dark eye to him and with a bony finger said to him, Walter, shut up. He said, I did. And all afternoon we sat until the shadows crossed the floor, and with the coming of the shadows came the coming of the Spirit, and I was given the holy words to say, and I said to her, I love you. She said, I love you. There was nothing else that needed to be said. I know this is COVID Christmas. I, I know that there are many who aren't used to it, who this year there is little or nothing under the tree because it's been a long time since a paycheck. And I know there are too many known to us who know the ultimate tragedy of this relentless virus, and all who love them are grieving. I know in our public discourse, there's no evidence that almost anyone actually trusts in love. And I fear for you that this Christmas you won't be able to be with everyone you want to be with, with everyone you need to be with. You won't be able to hug everyone you need to hug. And it leaves us yearning, wanting. But maybe, maybe that yearning is a holy gift this year. Because in a strange way, that yearning bears witness to the truth of this night. That yearning to be together, that yearning to live in love, it bears witness to the change that this child makes in the world the change this child makes in our hearts. This babe in Bethlehem was born for you. And this baby reminds us that at the end of the day and at the end of our days, the only thing that matters is love. Our lives are defined by love. So may the love that this Bethlehem babe breathe to life in you, may that love shape how you encounter every moment of life. For that is the reason this child was born for you. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. 
Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.